Culture podcast popping, where we're talking film this week with a healthy mix of fun bantering, careful, critical analysis. I'm Ernest. I am Hunter. I'm Drew. I'm here. I'm ready. Um, I I like this movie. Yeah. Nice <laughs> yeah. <laughs> out. Right yeah. Spoiler. It's the new movie from Mr. Ryan Johnson, written and directed. It's kind of crazy, like that. This is a good movie with just like this guy. This director hasn't really done anything big. Kind of a cast of no names, like mm-hmm. really, really feel good story. This movie. We gotta say up front that this is an original movie. I mean, obviously, it's pulling from a lot of Agatha Christie, who done it type stuff. But the guy got to make original a script? full on original movie, mm-hmm. and that alone is worth yeah. tons of praise. Because he's about to be pretty tied up with Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. For, for we'll, a minute. We'll save all that. <laughs> it stars. <laughs> we, we can hit that. <clears throat> Daniel Craig, Chris Evans, Ana de Armas, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, Don Johnson, Tony Collette, Lakeith Stanfield, Christopher Plummer, and more. Uh, you're not even going to mention Catherine Langford. Catherine Langford. That's Our right. Girl. And stuttering Bill himself, Jaden Martell, as a little alt-right internet boy. We saw this movie about three weeks ago at this point. Yep. We got yeah. to see an advanced screener courtesy of um, Adam. He's always got the hookups, right? Yeah. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. He is, um, I think he knows Ryan Johnson personally. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Adam worked on this movie. Oh. He made it. Oh, is he Adam, Is he Daniel Craig? No, his Adam's pseudonym is Ryan Johnson. That's why oh. it's spelled like a silly version of Ryan. <laughs> yeah, with an I. Get out of here, idiot. So we before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit about Ryan's past work, and I think we can let the listeners in on a little bit of that because we were reminiscing on Brick, mm-hmm. his 2005 debut starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Micro, micro budget movie, very super low budget. It looks like it, but the way that I I see it is it looks like the best uh, student feature ever. Yeah. Like the like the smartest but student. But in a good way, time. not in a yeah, joker no. way. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just very like really really good but with no budget. Yeah. It's it's not like a you know, it's not a perfect movie, but um I remember enjoying it. He does so much with practically nothing. It's on Netflix right now. Huge recommendation yeah. if you want in on basically how he got started. Then he did a bunch of TV, most notably some Breaking Bad episodes. Some pretty good ones, yeah. if <laughs> I say so myself. <laughs> exactly, yeah, including the, the standout Ozymandias um, showstopper in the final stretch of Breaking Bad. And then he did Looper. Actually, I think Looper came out before yeah, his Looper Breaking Yeah, Looper was Bad 2012 run. before the Breaking Bad run. Yeah, yeah that's I love Looper. It's a great movie. It Another is original, an all timer for me. Um, it Same. is. It's it's one of the best sci fi movies of the decade. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies that catches you by surprise because 
it's not actually what you think it's about. And also surface level, it doesn't look great. Like I remember seeing the trailer and just being like the the facial uh, CGI or yeah. whatever was enough for me to be like really yeah we gonna make me watch this in whole 2012 thing. we weren't as advanced with that kind of technology as we are now it kind of just looks now that like somebody just took Joseph Gordon Levin's face and put it on top of Bruce yeah. Willis's face and then put that face on like well, it it's also just it doesn't look like an aged version more than that it just like surface level looks like a type of movie that you've seen many times before and it's not it's it's a great movie uh disguised as a uh, whatever movie yeah Emily Blunt is phenomenal mm-hmm. in it mm-hmm. um and it just has really amazing themes uh, about you know nature versus nurture fate destiny uh motherhood uh Aging. love yeah, all these things. It's 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 a great movie. We did skip over the Brothers Bloom two thousand eight, which uh, as most people do, because <laughs> it's not his most uh, notable film. I think I did see it, and it didn't make much of an impression no, I, on me. I came in once, and you were like halfway through it, and I think I finished it with you, and it was definitely like a strange movie. Yeah, like, yeah I've never seen it. I, Adrian Brody. I mean, it has another. Being, like, it has an all-star cast. Mark Ruffalo. It had a fairly similar style. It was. I think it was more idiosyncratic. Rachel. Uh, like it was like it had more yeah. had more like Anderson like Jared Hess style jokey comedy in there. Uh, it's an odd one. It's yeah. It's a. I think about like Con Men or something, if I remember correctly. And then he made a little movie called Star Wars: The Lost Jedi, which we don't need to talk about because um, we have before. Yes, we have an episode. And uh, also, uh, just quick review: we all loved it, and fuck you, little <laughs> internet fuckboys. They're like rewrite a movie that had a three hundred million dollar budget. The best thing about Star Wars: The Last Jedi is that it got Ryan Johnson the blank check to make Knives Out. It probably Knives Out probably wouldn't have happened without The Last Jedi. The worst part about The Last Jedi is it made you realize that other Star Wars movies suck. Unless you're me and you've uh, I've stayed woke. I have, my third eye has been laser focused on the Star Wars. I movies. will say so. Before he uh, made Knives Out, he also got the blank check to make the best music video of last year. Oh. One of the best music videos I've seen in a really LCD. long time. Yeah. LCD Sound Systems. Oh baby. Some kind of some loopery vibes in mm-hmm. that music video. Some sci-fi stuff, um, yeah. Kind of incredible, like the most high-budget music video that you'll see. And then Knives Out this year. Knives Out. It is out this Thanksgiving. We are recording just a couple days out. Like I said, it, we it did It actually see came it. out today, I believe. They're releasing it a little bit early. Oh, great. So That's great news. Yeah. yeah. So go see it. It is the movie of the holiday season. I mean, unless you count what frozen Frozen two Two, beautiful day in the neighborhood uh or if you want to stay home and and dive into the irishman but this is the movie go see this i really hope this does well uh at the box office because i loved it um so according to imdb the logline is a detective investigates the death of a patriarch of a an eccentric combative family Mm. and as you can probably tell, it is a very classic whodunit where this incredible cast of characters that I listed off yesterday are all possible suspects in the murder, and anybody could have done it. Yes. Um, I will say, I really enjoyed this movie. I think this movie is very far from perfect. I think there are points of this movie that are a little bit predictable. For my taste yeah that's probably the biggest knock there is like yeah. i 
could see kind of the twists and turns. I could see the skeleton of this movie right. happening. I didn't really care too much, though, because the cast is, as we read them, that fucking good. Um, including, I, I didn't see the main story focusing on what it did, or mm-hmm. what it chose to be. It's not just, like, you might think that this is just going to hang out with just the heavy hitters, but it really does give some of the people, like, specifically Anna Darmus real time to shine while yeah, she's how, just acting along Jamie Lee Curtis and Tony Collette. How spoilery should we get with our nine spoiler section? We can stay pretty light on it, um, I think. Because a movie like this, it's a mystery movie. It's all about the twists and turns, yeah. so I don't want to give away any kind of a twist other than there's a death and you figure out what happened from there. Christopher Plummer, Daddy Plummer does die. Yeah, he's like a Stephen King type uh, author with this. Obviously, he's very rich and he has this insane estate and all these family members who just are blood sucking all his cash away. Uh, So everybody's a suspect. Daniel Craig, um, maybe it's I mean, it's one of my favorite performances like I've ever seen in a movie. Like genuinely, I'm not joking. (laughs) So he's so extra in this movie and I love it. He's yeah, he's fully dialed up to the exact uh, dial that Ryan Johnson had it on to in terms of like the layer of uh, insanity you want to have. Well, that's why that's I mean, that's why he is the MVP of this movie is because I think that where this movie excels is whenever it goes full camp. And there is nothing more campy than Daniel Craig's performance in this movie. And I mean that in the best way possible. His slippery southern accent. It's it's more like this. I say, I think everyone is a suspect. Um, I fully love this movie. I think it's uh, a lot closer to perfect than most of the movies I've seen this year, to be honest. Like, Like, it's incredible. It's everything that I go... Like, this is like my Star Wars. This is my big, like, dumb movie... Yeah, that, that yeah, it is a very movie movie. Yeah, know? it but it just it blew me away uh, time and time again. It's so so well directed. It's gorgeous to look at. Uh, performances are across the board really great. And I think the biggest thing I love about it is obviously the originality plays into this. the The fact that this was a blank check movie. Yeah, uh, I could just feel it seething with the amount of love that he put into this movie. Like Ryan Johnson, it just feels like a passion project. It feels like his baby, uh, and it's just I don't. It was infectious to me. Like the you could tell that this was just something he he wanted to make, not something he w- is being paid a great sum to make. Mm-hmm. Like it, it felt special to me. It felt right. This is my type of this is not a blockbuster it's not going to make like hondos of millos but this is my version of a blockbuster this this is the kind of movie that should be bigger because nowadays the only movies that are massive are comic book movies or superhero movies um and a movie like this doesn't really ever nowadays is expected to ever even be close to a hit i mean obviously we'll see what the box office is like we might be surprised yeah it's, but this is not even a, yeah you're right it's not an attempt to be a blockbuster but it, this is just what it's it has that that classic like movie corniness where you have a suspension of disbelief because you're like okay it's a movie i know that the director knows that all these actors know it and they're they're dialing it up to the exact point where it's not too much of a movie but there was <laughs> i think that there was a time in Hollywood where a movie like this would be a massive, massive hit. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, with these stars, like it would be huge. So yeah. It was interesting. I listened to an interview with Ryan Johnson, shout out to the Big Picture podcast. Um, but he was talking about how like this he was trying to make this movie 
in the realm of a throwback. Like something like whenever the original Murders of the Orient Express came out, not the Kenneth Branagh remake, it had like an all-time great cast for that generation. Like it had all these old classic names in there and this was what he wanted to do was to kind of create that feeling unfortunately like the agatha christie universe isn't as popular as it once was i did just uh look up the predictions it's projected at around 22 to 25 mil that's very modest it's it's I mean, I think that this, I do think uh, one thing that's going to work for this movie is I think this movie is going to have legs because I think it's going to have a great word of mouth. Yeah. Especially you're going to get families going to see it on the holidays and everybody's going to be telling all their friends and just like, this is just a great fun it's a time. a fun movie. movie. I think the other thing we can say is that it's a smart movie and it has a lot on its mind about America in 2019 and some of the, the conversation around, uh, immigrants and and uh identity politics and things like that uh the movie's not a message movie and the movie's not a movie that's trying to drive home a big soaring theme but it has things to say and i think it does so without taking away from the fun i So I was going to say this for more of a spoiler conversation. We can talk more specifically about them, but that is one kind of thing that I had against the movie. This movie is kind of long. It's like near two and a half hours long. And in that time period where you have these like sprinkles of certain kind of social justice-y kind of message things without it ever really fully like making a making some kind of a message i just wanted a little bit more from that Mm. i it did leave me a little bit wanting in that department i get that's not what this movie is about but whenever you're gonna kind of touch on that topic i wanted i I just wanted a little bit more from it i know uh johnson has said before i mean he's been writing the script for years he was writing the script before he got star wars and he wrote this in a pre-trump america so I mean, it was very different then. You could right. just kind of make something like a light statement, and that was okay. And I'm not saying that every movie has to be like a social justice movie. Like, Queen and Slim is coming out the same week, which is obviously trying to make more of a Are they a even stance. trying to market that movie? It's sad. I feel bad for our boy. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there is value in I, – I totally get your gripe, and it's totally fair – but I think there is value in having a movie that is okay with just mentioning these things and not really diving into them because then that changes what the audience gets out of it. And if you're trying to make a big movie movie that resonates with as many people as possible, mm-hmm. you don't want to dive into these types of topics too much because then people are going to have a much more negative reaction to well, it. Well, I the reason it worked for me is because... Uh, the the way it turns out, like the outcome of that through line is uh, actually a hard stance as opposed to uh, certain movies we've seen this year where it ends on a note of, you know, maybe if everyone just reached across the aisle and shook hands, everything would be a little better in this country. And that's n- not the case. Yeah. Like, I didn't want it to end on that. This ends with like a, a hard, you know, someone wins. <laughs> like there is a, a stance taken in the film. And mm-hmm. I really appreciated that. Like. I saw that as more of a stance than like just like someone saying the stance. You know? I'm not. I'm not even necessarily. I don't want to make it sound like I wanted more from this movie. I just. I thought that, for example, I thought that the way that it touched it touched on society worked better in comedic moments than it did in like any kind of a true message moment. Like we have 
good old stuttering Bill like surfing through alt right websites, and it's just like a good little gag. Yeah. Like I think that that was more effective yeah. than some of the other stuff that is. Like, literally, there's a scene in which they're all sitting in a room talking about whether or not people should be in cages. And I, that, that, like, that kind of stuff didn't work as well for well, me. Well, what did you, I mean, I think it worked because that wasn't even a message scene. That was more of just, like, exactly what would happen <laughs> if I, all those characters were in a room. But again, and also to that point, so there is an immigrant in this movie. And, like, they have a whole moment where they're, uh, everybody says that she's from a different South American country. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that that was great. That tells me enough. I didn't need, like, whenever, it, it, I just didn't like the way that it was presented in more of, like, a non-comedic fashion. Didn't yeah. work as well for me. Well, I, th- I, think, I think it was, that specific scene was good because you could, it, it's, it's Johnson framing the self-righteous liberals in a very specific right uh, light, um, where you have people who they are so fired up about sticking it to the oppressive uh, conservative regime, but all they're doing really is just sitting in their fancy well, home and not really doing well, anything I also, about it. I really, in- I liked uh, another part of that scene, which is Don Johnson ends up uh, in the exact middle, and it's it's a it's a type of character that isn't in a lot of movies where it's you know he's the conservative who uh, isn't full Nazi but is certainly willing to uh, vote that way. Yeah, he's like I voted for Trump for his economic policies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, what we should say though, leading back to your point, is the movie itself in general is extremely funny. Well, like, no, that's and I did want to say I don't want I just wanted to add a little bit of just some negativity because i feel like we're going to be very positive on this podcast um i did like i said i did love this movie um it just one thing that kind of caught me i saw this and then a day later i saw jojo rabbit and i thought that jojo rabbit handled some of the issues a little bit better grant they are very different movies from each other rabbit goes like all in on that that's what the whole movie's about i but about like juggling the drama versus the comedy on certain subjects that's that's all that i mean on that but otherwise that's a very small thing about this movie this movie like we've said it's not trying to make a statement any kind of thing it's mostly a comedy i thought and i thought that the comedy aspects of this movie is where it thrives yeah and just the the intricacy put into writing this story where like he you can tell this is just a man who loves mysteries you know yeah this is also it's not a parody like no. it's not like clue which i f- love clue i love that movie grew up watching stuff like that but this I, is just a funny mystery movie it's it's a funny movie and it is like a true mystery it's not any kind of a parody or farce yeah it was it was written with all the complexity of like a hard drama mystery of like the you know like the gumshoe days of mm-hmm. television and film where uh, you're genuinely in, invested in the mystery yeah, and, and there's following like, the clues and all yeah, that. Yeah, and there are these hokey twists every 10 minutes, but you're still on board. Right. Um, like, I really, really like that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, in general, I just think this was well-crafted. Like, it was, it's just, like you said, this is an intelligent movie made with a lot of care. And uh, also, it finds a lot of time to be funny, which mm-hmm. is something that... I will appreciate in any movie on earth. Like right. you can make any, the cat's out of the bag now that you can make any type of movie and make it pretty funny. And like, it doesn't take much away from the movie most of the time. Mm. Uh, and I, I think he really slayed that because there's not a lot of 
room to throw a bunch of laughs into a Star Wars. Uh, Phil Lord mm-hmm. and Chris Miller know that all too well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cost them their job there. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I liked getting to hear Ryan because like it's not like all of his jokes fully work for me like like any comedy no, no comedy is batting a thousand my favorite comedy ever doesn't have every single good joke but uh, I like his brand of of dialogue in this movie like it worked really well for this movie more so than uh, what I remember from Brick because we were, we were just talking yeah. about how the dialogue style in that movie can sometimes be off putting even though that's still a good it's, movie with brick it's a big ask for people to be on board with the way they talk in that movie uh in this one it's a lot more willing to let you laugh at you, it you you hear one word out of daniel craig's mouth and you are like oh my god i want to hear that voice the rest you of my know, life you know i i will admit i wasn't 100% on board at first because it took me like a couple of scenes to warm up to the fact that like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be laughing at this. Yeah, this man is Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, his whole introduction to the family, because we're introduced to the family. This point, Christopher Plummer is already dead. Um, and then we have all of these like different like talking headshots of each member of the family. And meanwhile, like Daniel Craig just like chilling in the background, like playing with a sword or something. It's like, a piano. It's, he, keeps the, yeah, he, keeps, he hits the yeah. note whenever he wants the person to leave. <laughs> it's so good how he is introduced to this movie. I loved everything about Daniel Craig in this movie. I want him to like talk me to sleep yeah. every night. The movie works because of him. Like obviously this cast is tremendous, but it all sort of revolves around his character and he gets some meaty meaty scenes. I do want to shout out a lot of these other cast members though before we move into spoilers. Chris Evans I think is great. Yeah, um, great uh, first role post Captain America. Yeah, well, because we were just talking. I think a few weeks ago on Pod, I was talking about like, has he done like a good movie <laughs> aside from anything Snow Marvel? Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Yeah, that's that's the one, and that's I wouldn't call that a, like an amazing performance individually. Right. I think the movie's better than his performance. Yeah. Uh, in this movie, he nails the performance. Yeah. I think he really truly brought a lot to the part. Yeah. Wait, I'll wait, have wait, more- wait. Are you telling me that you're not a fan of not another team movie? <laughs> I'll have more thoughts on on him in spoilers. Um, also, more thoughts on Anna de Armas in spoilers. But she is obviously an integral part of this story, mm-hmm. and I think that she should be very well praised for her performance. I hope that we get to see more of yeah. her. And then, as far as like all these other actors, who they all get like obviously, you know, you can make the complaint that you want to see more of them. But like, like we always say, like that's a good complaint to have is you want more. Yeah, of Jamie the, Lee Curtis, she's Oof. really, really good, rock solid. I'm like scared of her in this. I movie. think, I think the best smaller part, like smaller compared to the lead leads, was Christopher Plummer. Um, yeah. I adored. Him. He's fantastic. Like in this, oh my god. Well, uh, so we should say that. Uh, I mean, this isn't really a spoiler because we won't say how it happens but the central mystery is revealed pretty early on in the movie like in the first act or so first act going into the second act which that is surprising and then the rest of it is like it turns into like a cat and mouse game almost that you're like watching happen from ten thousand feet above then we got michael shannon Mm -hmm. who 
Always love to see him. Great, great with a cane. Uh, <laughs> Michael Shannon was amazing. His sweaters. I, I need to be wearing more sweaters after seeing um, uh, his sweater. Game. And then a guy who really held his own when I wasn't sure if he would is Don Johnson. Yes, he Johnson he more than it. held his he, own. He we are in the it. midst of a Don Johnson songs. He had big laughs. Yeah, a lot of them. When he, I mean, when he just said like the kid's a Nazi or whatever, <laughs> like big, like his delivery was fucking spot on. Yeah. Like, and all of these characters, none of them are the same character. They no, they all feel very unique. Yeah, that's why I like the the, the argument scene because you see so many different versions yeah. of a bad person. <laughs> like, Tony Collette as this like strange hippie lady, mm-hmm. um, very different role than Hereditary last year. Just shows you how very talented different. she is. I did want to shout out um, a person who like has a pretty smaller role but owned all the scenes she was in is. Uh, Edie Patterson, who's in Righteous Gemstones, who as she's like the other kind of housemaid person, and she is just like excellent every time she's on the screen. I feel like she's going to start popping up in more stuff. She's having a good year. Also, Lakeith, the one black dude. He's the one where I think that his his actual character could have used maybe better lines. Yeah. Because um, he's super talented. Yeah, like, I don't think there was a lot of room for writing improvement, uh, but he I think He was the that, guy who was just like, oh, hey, what's happening they, here? Let's they, be serious. Well, I feel like that's, like, a classic thing where they wrote the script and then they just found the cast member, but at that point it's, like, too late because you can't have two, like, great, uh, wise-cracking yeah, detectives yeah. and then also this crazy cast of characters and the mm-hmm. family itself especially because like you said this is it becomes more of a cat and mouse where we're, like yeah. we're watching it from an overhead view and lakeith ends up being the closest we have to a surrogate just because we're mostly getting reaction shots of mm-hmm. incredulity from him which well, he's very good at well the <laughs> other the other dude uh in that cop trio is noah segan who is a yeah. frequent ryan johnson collaborator mm-hmm. that's the guy that we just saw in, in brick oh wow yeah okay. he's in brick he's in looper he is in i think every single he's he's funny johnson joint um so yeah really the big thing here is the cast the the reason to see this movie is to see all of these people shine to yeah to see them all be in a good movie at the same time is pretty rare because yeah. a, a lot of the time like a great cast is assembled and it's for nothing you know it's just valentine's day <laughs> it's, never it's forget just, yeah it's just for something that's just immediately forgotten and it's like damn that was like a month of all of their lives and they wasted it on a shit movie and they actually all made the right call here mm-hmm. and they were in something that is uh, interesting uh, and textured. It was like a very textured movie that allowed for performances. Like you said, Tony Collette, uh, I haven't seen her do that before, but she's like the most uh, convincing, over-the-top, airhead, neo-lib <laughs> ever. I also actually really like Catherine Langford from 13 mm-hmm. Reasons Why, because she was also uh, one of the most grounded characters in the movie by far, right? Um, but still had her own faults, and I think she played it pretty well. She's great. She's another person I'd say, like, all, like, a lot of the more peripheral-type characters are just, like, great kind of up-and-coming. Of course, she's most well-known for 13 Reasons Why. She's also excellent in Love, Simon, a movie from last mm-hmm. year that I raved about on this podcast yeah i have two final points before we go to spoilers uh and they both revolve around the fact that we we see a lot of movies the fact that we saw this movie three weeks ago and it is still resonating in my mind and i can still recall it and i want to see it again is a huge huge point in its favor because uh, between all the TV that I watch and all the other movies I watch, uh, it's very easy for things to just like 
fall out of my mind. And Especially movie, for watching a screener that's like a week or two in advance and then it comes out wide and you're like, ah, well, I wanted to see it again right afterwards, but now I'm like, I gotta go. Yeah, it's like, uh, not worth else. it. Like, yeah, I guess I could check out Frozen like, 2 matinee. And the, this is the movie, it's crazy that they're releasing it right at Thanksgiving because I'm very curious how it's going to do with like families seeing it together yeah you know it's a very interesting movie in that sense and the other point that i was going to make it goes back to hunter your point about the mystery being a little bit predictable i think that's just because we do see a lot of movies and we can kind of see the machinations i feel like most audiences will be very surprised and shocked by a lot of what happens. I mean, I, I, don't even, I, 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 I said that it's predictable, but I don't even necessarily think that's a lock that that's a knock against the movie. Cause I, it think doesn't that, hinge on that. It doesn't hinge on right. that. Exactly. And like, that's why I was saying, I didn't mean it to sound like a full on knock against the movie. It is just like something about the movie that I noticed that I was able to see it. I also have seen a lot of whodunit movies too before. So like I could kind of figure like where's going to be the twist and then where's going to be the twist on the twist yeah. that's coming. So you can kind of like and it's play better, that game in your head. It's better to but have something like I this. Know, I know the story and the twists that are coming and I still really want to see it again. Yeah, it's better to have something like this than something like Westworld that just buries its twists inside other twists and then you don't even enjoy what it's, you're seeing. I mean, this whole movie isn't made to just be a question like something like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's the difference is like in that show, I still don't know if those twists will actually amount to anything substantial. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? And in this movie, they it ends with, you know, a good mystery twist, whether or not you saw it coming. Um, but you also don't want your movie to be all about the, t- the twist. No, definitely. You want yeah. characters. You want fun. Yeah. You want good well, humor and, and sets and cinematography and writing and direction yeah. and all these other things. Th- that's why, like, for this for this one, like, frame by frame, I was just trying to enjoy the moment. And I was, like, actively n- trying to not think ahead because I, right. this was a pleasure to just enjoy uh, free from like having the predictive brain on, which is usually hard to turn off, especially watching. If you're watching something bad, you're like, you're like, you watch 10 minutes and you're like, all right, I'm done. I finished it mm-hmm. in my head. It's over. Like, I think Hallmark I've, movies. I mean, yeah. that's, <laughs> I think that's the biggest strength of, of Ryan Johnson is that he's able to dazzle you with all of these other things that when he puts together a mystery movie like this, you, you are kind of, there are certain things that, that will surprise you because they're kind of slipped under the rug a little bit because you are sort of enthralled by this cast and, and just the look and feel of the movie. Did you guys see JGL in it? Am I forgetting this? Cause he is in it. Oh, he is. He's an uncredited detective. Uh, detective. He's huh. probably just in like the background of he, one. Of the he's wearing the Bruce something. Willis makeup. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course. Like, oh, wow. And yeah. And they're like, Oh, detective Robin. Uh, good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie, there are a lot of like overindulgent movies that are quote unquote a love letter to movies. Um, at times, I found Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to be indulgent, like yeah. overindulgent. I still, you know, that movie's incredible in its own merits. I but... love Tarantino being indulgent. It is one <laughs> well, of Well, that's my almost his, his main thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this was a movie that it struck me as a guy who just genuinely does love movies and he's just excited to give you his his take on a type of movie which is great to hear it's kind of like how i feel about car seat headrest where it seems like it's just a guy who's an absolute fucking nerd for rock history Mm -hmm. and he wants to like add to it like that's what i felt about the movie i loved it so much i really really did all right 
I think we can move on to spoilers now. So please go see it. Like I said, it's it's a it's a modest little um, original movie, and we're hoping it hits big. Uh, might not be huge, but gotta support What's original the, filmmaking. Is the budget for this movie out? It was forty mil. For okay, well, I mean, it'll definitely make back its money. I, I hope mean, it so. is. It's getting advertised like really well. Like it yeah. is on like I mean, every Sunday football thing is advertising for it. Captain There's America is everywhere. In it. So yeah. that's big. That is big. All right, so spoilers right now. Let's get into this relationship between uh, Anna Darmus and Christopher Plummer because that's really what this whole mm-hmm. sort of story revolves around is the nurse and the old man. And like you said, it is revealed very early on that there is some sort of mishap that goes down with the medication and, you know, it is sort of uh, revealed... Uh, presumed that he killed himself but the truth is that he killed himself because of the he, drugs being presumed yeah because because that's that. the only way that Anna Armas would not get arrested for murder and he knows that yeah. her family she, she has an immigrant mother and sister who are depending on yeah. her and all of that is set up really well and and again this actress Anna de Armas she she was in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, she plays the, Joy. As the hologram She girl. plays the, the hologram the sex scene. She yeah. also does music. Yeah. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And she just gives a, a great, like, big emotional performance as this sort of uh, doughy-eyed, like, oh, I don't, I'm in way over my head type of girl that really has an arc because at the very end of this movie... It's her fucking house. And we get this giant, complex mystery that all interlocks to her getting this house to herself. And it all clicks together. And there's so many twists and turns. And I will say, like, the fact that she ended up in the house and, uh, you know, as, as, as belonging to her, that's a surprise. There's no way that anybody could have predicted that that's how the movie was going to to end and to have that be the final shot of mm-hmm. everyone outside of it looking at the house that used to be theirs uh, at her. Like that final moment, I think, is glorious. I I mean, not like going in before the movie started. As soon as like Chris Evans started getting all buddy buddy and everything, I was like, yeah, here's here's going to be the bad guy. right? Yeah. Now. No, and that, like, part, this, this that guy, part for sure. But, yeah. But. On the bright side, I think every one of these movies has to have a detective solving everything in his head, going like full Sherlock Holmes yeah. moment. He and I thought that, that this, like, he fucking killed it in this scene yeah, of Daniel like Craig. it's pure exposition in its most like basic form. And Daniel Craig, Southern draw, Daniel Craig just yeah. owns the whole it. like the donut hole bit. <laughs> yes. the, there's a do- there's a hole in the donut hole. <laughs> it really like it can't be understated how. Uh, Goody is. I'm not like he probably really is like one of my best performances in any movie this year. Fucking it's... ever, man. Just every line, and I was like, you were like, I was like, he's really like they're doing this, mm-hmm. and then like once you settle in and you you get that he gets it, yeah, and you also get that he never slipped on the accent, like he really kept it steady the yeah. whole movie. Because in Logan Lucky, 
he it went, slips. He went for a, a similar accent, and it is it's bad. It's I I wouldn't call it bad, but it's shaky. Well, it's a difference between like white trash southern accent and then like <laughs> rich Pratt. plantation owner southern accent. Yeah, it's just too too good, and not a lot of directors would think to give him that part. It's yeah. not like he's done like co- big comedy. Yeah, like he's always I, solid on SNL. But damn, I uh, I guess I'll see the new Bond movie. <laughs> but I am ready for him to start doing more shit like this because he's great. Yeah, uh, I do got to shout out one of my favorite moments. I I don't know if it's I don't think it's the best moment because there's so many great scenes. But the moment where he sits down with the grandma and just has that moment with her. And basically says, like, nobody has consoled you for your son's death, have they? Mm. And he just, like, really, he just sits with her and, 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 and gives her company. I, was, I thought that was, for a movie like this that's so, like, wild and, and big and, and crazy, to slow down and give us that, I thought was really, really good. Um, let's I- let's uh, kind of backtrack a little bit. And uh, you, you mentioned chris evans so that is definitely the most predictable aspect of this movie that he is the one who sort of orchestrated this whole thing to to push her out because it was uh, revealed to him before christopher Plummer died that everyone was going to be ousted from the inheritance so he orchestrated this ploy to frame her for his death. That's also a um, another thing that I wanted to uh, say because I it is like I, I said that it's predictable, and I don't mean that as a fully negative way. But also, maybe it is like you guys are saying that I've seen a lot of movies, and that's an archetype, especially in whodunit movies, is like kind of an arrogant guy who doesn't really come in until more of like the second act of the movie and he's like lovable but yeah like but you know there's something simmering underneath like that is an archetype in these movies but his performance his performance is so good though like that you do get kind of swept away in all of it the performance i think is really what wins me over because it's not like they're trying to really trick you like the way he plays this character Hmm. ransom Ransom Drysdale. His name is Ransom. Awful person. <laughs> like he, Ransom. he plays it with this conniving sniveliness that you you can tell. Like they're not really trying to hide it. They're all yeah. They're all just the worst. And in fact, Christopher Plummer's character would almost be unrealistically good. Like he's just too pure until you realize how badly he fucked up all of his offspring. Yeah. <laughs> like how well, that's that's the big thing is like. Yeah, you're right. Like, all of these people are terrible. They do a good job of framing every one of them to have uniquely bad. Yes, have some reason for murdering. And that's what another thing that they did that I love the very beginning of this movie is my favorite of it is the talking heads. And then that interspliced with like them each kind of setting up their own motives for this murder i mean even like don johnson is just Mm -hmm. like he knows that i'm having an affair and all this kind of stuff like every person's has motives that are clearly laid out and they all make sense for the characters yeah and well that i think the most obviously the most unpredictable thing in the movie is that we find out who did it so early and that i think is the smartest move in the entire movie because 
Uh, otherwise, it would literally it would be like an entire like mystery we've seen before in which it's established that every character is a suspect and then one by one they're crossed off. Yeah. And that I did not want to. I mean, that's what I was like. Uh, I don't know if I want to like relitigate every character until we find the right one. And it's like one that we already saw earlier or mm-hmm. whatever. And they completely turned that on and said they told us who did it. But then they didn't tell us who did what we ended up uh, thinking to be the main mystery in like the second and third acts. Um, well, the piece of who hired, yeah. Blanc. Why is why is he there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the donut hole inside the yeah. <laughs> inside the hole. Also, the donut of knives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my oh. god! Oh, what another a fucking character amazing. touch that I really loved is Anna de Armas. How she vomits every time that she yeah, lies. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. That's just a great. Uh, that that was a little grating for me. It's oh, see, it's goofy to me. I liked it. Like that, again, that was like the campy aspects, and that's yeah. where it, I loved the most about this movie was how how campy it was at certain points. Yeah, certain certain movies like if the craftsmanship is at like the level that this one's at in terms of uh, story construction and aesthetic, you're allowed to do some dopey shit, and it's mm-hmm. like totally fine in my eyes because you've earned it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that was one where I was like. In another movie, I'd be really pissed because <laughs> that's like too much of a like problem solver or whatever. Yeah. But like in this one, also the way it you know ends up playing, that was it's something like that I could see. It's like borderline like a kids' TV show character. Yeah, There's like a character is like, oh no, the teacher's gonna bring me in. <laughs> I can't lie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was it felt right to me. Like it felt like it belonged in this movie. Well, it this was, movie is absurd. It was a cool device to have like a human lie detector. Yeah. You know, that you could just utilize to all these people that are lying. Yeah, and to have it end with her puking on Chris Evans' face oh. is pretty incredible. What a great moment. Yeah, like, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> Lingering shot on vomit on Chris Evans' face. <laughs> Camera linger there for a bit long. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the whole sort of immigrant subplot here, because clearly Ryan Johnson has some things to say about the immigrant experience in, in this country and who is an American and who deserves to be considered at home in America. I think if you really want to look at the the symbolism here, there's a lot of layers in the fact that she ends up owning the house. Yeah, which was claimed by Chris Evans to be a family heirloom, and then it turns out that's a great line. It was like bought in the 80s. Yeah, they bought it in the 80s. Yeah, from like a Palestinian fucking, (laughs) you know, businessman or whatever. That's great, yeah, because you you fold in like colonialism there. It's the Yeah, that whole message, it's beyond uh, just being about like immigration and like like you said, that's definitely a big part of it, but it's just about entitlement in general. Yeah. Mm. It's about why do any of these people feel they deserve millions of dollars and would they truly use it to the best of its ability like wouldn't you trust it more in the hands yeah, of that's, that is one thing that i think that is handled better that i want to talk touch on until we got to the post spoilers thing and we can talk more about and armis but i think that that's more well handled than kind of the immigration things is the like anti-entitlement issues there. right because all of these people, they're just clinging onto the wealth yeah, they're of all, Christopher I mean, Plummer. <laughs> like the whole thing, especially with Tony Collette, her character, like she's not even one of the core family members. She was married to a family right. member and they died. And then she still just gets like a, like a yearly salary from this family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it plays into what I always talk about with succession, which is that uh, wealth <laughs> itself is cancer because I fully believe that Christopher Plummer was a good father as, as much as he could be. 
Uh, but just he understood the disease. Yeah, but no matter that, like how many of the children of of hundred millionaires end up good? You yeah. know, like it just mm. doesn't really happen, especially if. Christopher Fulmer is like a nice guy and he's giving them too much money. He, you know, he should give them less, but he's too nice. I like the comparison between Brian Cox and yeah. Christopher Plummer. <laughs> but if Christopher Plummer just like, she, Anna DeArmas beat him in whatever that game was that they're playing, he was like, Go. fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I love the, we got to talk about the set design too, because I, I love the uh, design yeah, of I mean, the house. It's a massive part of the and movie. And really yeah. good world building there and that like, I feel like I know what is behind every door. Yeah, you know like the it feels very lived in. Yeah, I it, it yeah it doesn't take the time to like really lay out the house with like a scene. Like certain directors will do that. Be like, here's the deal in the basement. That's my aunt, Tony Collette. <laughs> <laughs> it's from the perspective of the Nazi boy. <laughs> um, I did. I wanted like a vlogging video of fucking stuttering Bill. He's just making some. Alt-right. He says almost no lines, <laughs> he, and he's still really good. Yeah. He has like I think that he has like two lines of dialogue in the movie. Was it? He's like jacking off to dead it's... animals. <laughs> Like it's all he doesn't even say anything in these moments, but it's just having a guy there who's just oh, like man, literally like as far like into the sewage of right that you can go. Yeah, yeah, good shit. Uh, Michael Love Shannon, uh, being being a, a scary but also sort of endearing and and caring uh, presence. You know, he you think that he's gonna be the guy who's going to kind of. Uh, take care of Marta and, and, you know, be there for her and provide for her. He's just like, come on, like you can trust me. Uh, just give me the money back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I, I just love to see him in in everything. He is, if you want to have somebody as like a non villain villain type that Michael Shannon is your guy. Cause he is terrifying at all times. In in that scene, he's real scary. I also, I did want to shout out, um, another thing that I loved about, uh, when we were talking about the whole, like, wealth kind of just corrupting you mm-hmm. at your core. I think that's most apparent with uh Christine Christine Lankford, Catherine Lankford. Yeah. yeah. Because she is like a good friend to Marta but she and uses still that... is going to try to betray her to get her family to have money. Well the the scene it's... where they are on the phone and she's trying to like level with her and convince her and like basically like pry to see what she's going to do with the money. Thought that was one of the better scenes of the movie and also the way it's shot, they kind of like zero in the lighting just to her eyes mm. to make it seem like they're very having intimate. this exactly having this very intimate conversation and then the reveal that the whole family is <laughs> like right there listening. Right yeah. And she does feel bad about it. Like she is like good at heart more than 99% of the characters in this, but she has financial stake in getting some of that money. Yeah. I think the whole dynamic of the family reacting uh, when we get the the scene with the the will being read mm. and the whole reveal of what the truth of of Christopher Plummer's wishes are the fallout of that and the the dynamic that happens after that i think is what really makes this movie great because we're not focusing on who done it anymore mm. we're focusing on this dynamic and this struggle this push and pull as to why these people are going to go after this girl mm. and the lengths that they'll go to hold on yeah. to what they believe is and, theirs. And the fact that, like, for all the 
again, a lot like Secession, for all the posturing and uh, power moves they play, they're all just, like, in the lap of money. Like, they all serve getting money. Like, you know what I mean? They, they like, even uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the best example, where she acts like the strongest, toughest character, but she cannot stand to see Anna de Armas at the end of the movie. Right. She is fucking livid. Well, she genuinely believes that she's earned every penny. That it's all hers through her own will and volition. Because some of these other people, like, they're lying to themselves. Like, Michael Shannon's on. just trying to get, like, a Netflix deal for his dad's yeah. books. John Johnson is a joke of a <laughs> yeah. man. Like, yeah, of but course. she, she in, in her, I feel like that character in her deepest heart of hearts, she believes that she deserves yeah. it and she has earned it. Well, she's worked the hardest of any of the offspring. But because this movie is largely about privilege, you have to examine... Uh, would someone who started with nothing and worked exactly as hard end up where she ended up? No, right. because we live in a stacked deck. Yeah. Like, that's not how it works. Yeah. And yet she still feels entitled to, like, the lump sum of all this fucking money. Yeah. Even though she's very, very wealthy on her own. Like, extremely. She's fucking rich and she's still going I after it. I think that it. that's why, like, one of the best sequences of the movie is like right before the will comes and it's all of them and Chris Evans first arrives yeah, on the scene eat shit. and then they're just all they're all screaming at each other and then it goes from that straight into the will reading where they've had all this privilege just ripped out yeah. from underneath them well Jamie Lee Curtis wants the house that's, that's what she wants yeah. she wants the Saudi money house um all right was there any other big things that we wanted to touch on uh in terms of the mystery any big scenes uh maybe something with the uh the whole chase that happens anything from that um, um honestly that chase wasn't my favorite part of the movie okay um didn't i mean part of the whole mystique of the movie was being in that house mm -hmm. that house looks better than outdoors right. looks <laughs> i i agree if anything because i do think that this movie is a little bit too long like i think this could have became a tight two hours and yeah. said it's like 220 it's t yeah it's 210 I, I think 210 i still think you could shave off like 15 minutes from it and if anything i would cut some stuff from the chase scene which is it's like a little good visual gag i guess of that and then into the whole genetic testing or the uh taxonomy the, the, taxonomy the blood place. test yeah that whole yeah thing i do like the the moment where we get the reveal of the the blood test and it it we find out that she didn't really yeah. give him the wrong yeah she drug. didn't even kill, kill him, him. Yeah. she knew it was the tiniest little difference in consistency between the two liquids and she knew what she was yeah. doing well that's what i'm saying in terms of like i don't think people understand how hard it is to plot out mystery especially yeah. one that is this like well oiled it's built you literally have to build a machine like it's which you could say about filmmaking in general, but this story is a fucking machine. Yeah. Like it is, it has so many circuits that are connected to one another. Like that, it, the fact that it turned out with like a couple gripes is a miracle in my mind. Cause I couldn't craft anything half as complicated yeah. if I tried. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, Cause I like, so in the moment, like I really did not like the whole like AD Patterson dying scene and all that kind of stuff, but it does, work into the larger story of yeah. chris evans like doing this whole switcheroo and then having to think on the fly to try and get yeah. like well, cover and up his tracks speaking of covering up your tracks another one of my favorite moments uh comedy moments in the movie is after it's revealed and armis 
thinks that she killed him and everything else. And they come back and they see the footprint tracks and she's just like, oh, what? What is this? <laughs> oh. And just starts like just walking back through everything. Yeah. I didn't hear you. <laughs> Wait, what is that? That was, yeah, that was extremely funny. Um, speaking back to that spider on the face moment, you t- mentioned right after the movie that you knew that was going to happen because of the trailer. Yeah, it's in the which, trailer too. That's oh, which is a bummer. That's a Damn, big bummer because I didn't, bummer. I didn't remember that, so it worked. No, that's prob- a great moment. It, yeah, it was a lot more effective for it's me. In just all the trailers. I, yeah, just because I didn't real remember bummer. it. Yeah, I, you would think that Ryan would not want that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he loses control at the of end of the day sony point. is like we got to make some money off and this there has movie. yeah there has to be the promise of of you know violence it's called knives Thrills. out but the, if the trailer's all like tone poem like <laughs> funny funny little jokes like it's like what the fuck at are least you? they didn't have uh like because the trailer it, it just shows a hand coming down with a knife like almost like michael myers style <laughs> at least you don't see like chris evans yeah. coming towards oh, you yeah. with a knife yeah like they could have it could have gone worse but um another little detail um is the the splatter of blood on her shoe mm-hmm. that yep. that reveals he was like i knew it the whole time the moment i saw you I saw her. I saw you. Um, okay. I think uh, we've touched on everything that we want to touch on with Knives Out. Great theater movie. Like, go see this yeah. movie at theater. Really good. I mean, even for, like, a screener crowd, like, it was just a really good theatrical <clears throat> experience. I want to yeah. see it again with the general audience. Fun, fun movie. Uh, hopefully, yeah, I feel like very re- rewatchable. This is, too. yeah. If we're, talking, re-watchable. if we're talking non horror uh, theater experiences, this is at the very top for me because I, you know, it's not, I'm not trying to be edgy. I just don't get a ton out of uh, like bigger budget action style movies in terms of like being visually stupefied. Mm-hmm. That, <clears throat> that's just never been my, my cup of tea. This is, it's like you said, like if you made this in like the late eighties, early nineties with like Michael Douglas it would be playing the the lead uh, Daniel yeah. Craig role, this would make like two hundred million. Maybe yeah. like this would make a lot of money. I also again want to shout out the donut of knives because the moment where Daniel Craig perfectly sits right in the middle of it as he figures out the whole thing, Chef's kiss. Man, one perfect Cinema. shot, just right there. Icon. And, you know, good little setup payoff of the fake knives, all those kind of things. It's just a great fucking... I just love... Like, it was a pleasure to watch. It was cheesy and corny in all the right ways. Also, fake knives, like a good little metaphor for the family themselves. Like, at the Mm. end of the day, they're just all toothless. Mm. Nice. Also, just thought about that on the spot right there. Yeah, you fucking like that. You have that written on your palm. (laughs) It's I have the Ariana Grande shirt is fueling me right now, boys. (laughs) The shot of the mug, which says, my house. Yeah, great, great shit. Like that's a final shot. What a final shot! I mean, like there that. are just a billion little things that end up paying off. Of course, yeah, you know, like I mean, that's I, I can't knock anything about the direct. The direction of this movie is it's kind of gorgeous. Perfect. Like man. it's like holy shit. The, it's uh, again, I already mentioned this, but the the grandma, the great grandma, everything with her, I thought was yeah. amazing. I want to watch it again. She doesn't she have a line? I feel like she, she says, she has uh, one uh, line. Ransom, is yeah. that you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you think it means one thing and it ends up meaning a whole different thing yeah. because it actually was Ransom Yeah, that she saw. All right. Because uh, well, she said, is that you again? Yeah. Like, yeah, because it t- was... This script yeah. must have had so many like color-coding highlighters in it <laughs> to make this shit come together. It's yeah, because it all clicks. Nothing is left out there hanging. Yeah. It's like a Paddington 2 level. Of- <laughs> <laughs> it really is really is i mean you know who killed him it was paddington i yeah he and was framed <laughs> paddington was framed i can't wait for it did you guys stay through the post credits where there's the chris evans dance sequence sing along in the in, in the, the jail oh yeah. that's great that god great. i wish don't even tempt me with that that'd be <laughs> america's so ass 
All right, thanks for listening to We Bought a Mic. Uh, please recommend the show to your friends and follow us on social media at We Bought a Mic. Email us at webottomic.gmail.com with your thoughts. If you like the movie, if you saw the movie, let us know everything that you want. Let us know what you're having for Thanksgiving dinner. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy um, Thanksgiving, boys. Happy uh, uh, European colonialism coming to destroy Native American families and rip them from their homes. <laughs> Knives out. <laughs> Bye.